Now more with Frank Gaffney. We're back, and I'm very pleased to say we're joined by one of our regulars here at Secure Freedom Radio, one of our country's preeminent authorities on matters involving communist China, and particularly the unrestricted warfare that it has been waging against this country for, well, decades. His name is Gordon Chang. He is the author of The Coming Collapse of China, topical book at the moment, as we'll be discussing, as well as the great U.S.-China tech war. He contributes prolifically to the public policy debate, notably on platforms like the Gatestone Institute and Newsweek. And of course, you can follow him as I do at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. It's great to have you back, Gordon. Welcome. Well, it's great to be here, Frank. So thank you. There is a big story, and I'm not sure what to make of it myself, but I'm anxious to get your thoughts about it, um, involving the reported defection of a very senior Chinese Communist Party figure by the name of Dong Jingwei. Um, we've had the Chinese vociferously deny this is so, and others uh, saying as much. Um, and yet there do seem to be some signs that uh, something really momentous has happened here. Tell us what you make of the rumors or the reports or the uh, wishful thinking, perhaps, uh, and what, if it's true, it would portend. There are rumors that Dong Jingwei, who is was a vice minister of state security uh, at the Ministry of State Security, has defected to the United States. He did that uh, apparently in the beginning of February, along with his daughter. He is talking to the Defense Intelligence Agency, which actually in the beginning um, did not share this news with other intelligence agencies in the U.S. for fear that they were compromised based upon information uh, from Dong. As you point out, Beijing believes and states that uh, Dong has not defected. Beijing Daily and Hong Kong's South China Morning Post have both published stories talking about Dong still in China. Um, but I believe that these reports are credible. And the reason is Beijing could end this controversy once and for all by trotting him out in public. And that would be the end of it. Uh, and Beijing has every reason to trot him out in public if they have him. And that's because um, his defection has triggered uh, intense speculation about infighting at the top of the Communist Party. And Beijing would not want that type of conversation both in and outside China to continue. So the fact that they have not shown him is a real indication that the Defense Intelligence Agency does have him. Now, the Communist Party is based um, on struggle. It idealizes struggle. And there have been um, analyses of Chinese Communist Party propaganda over the last, let's say, six weeks, two months, showing um, hints of real factional struggle. Now, the party is always, as I mentioned, you know, based on struggle, always has a lot of discord at the top. But this is more than usual. And so when the news of the defection of Dong Jingwei hit, it seemed to validate uh, that reporting. This is momentous because this could lead to an unraveling of the People's Republic of China. Um, we don't know what will happen, of course, but it's not impossible that the regime falls apart in fairly quick order um, because Dong is, is supposed, he was China's top counterintelligence official, knows all the secrets, many of the secrets, and was close to Xi Jinping. And that would mean Xi Jinping is not as strong as he appears. One other 
thing, Frank. The reporting is that Dong has brought evidence that the Chinese military was involved in conducting research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. If true, that is extremely, that is explosive. Well, it seems increasingly clear that that is so. It would be fantastic if we actually had confirmation of it. Gordon, one other thing that a guy who was in charge of counterintelligence for the Chinese Communist Party would bring to the Defense Intelligence Agency or others in the U.S. government would be, of course, insights into the degree to which the Chinese have compromised our country and its leadership. And there is concern about that in connection, among other things, uh, John Ratcliffe, the former director of Central uh, National Intelligence, uh, said over the weekend that uh, he considers the president and the national security advisor to the president, Jake Sullivan, and the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, Bill Burns, to have all been possibly compromised by their their business dealings or other relations with the uh, the Chinese Communist Party over the years. Um, these are the sorts of things that could be quite explosive inside Washington, not just inside Communist China. Yes. Um, well, first of all, because Dong uh, was um, China's top counterintelligence official, he will know about the compromise of the CIA in China. And this has led to the execution of CIA agents, about 30 of them or so. Um, so he's been quite effective in this. Uh, he can tell us a lot about that. I suspect, uh, as you point out, he can tell us a lot about China's spies in the U.S. and its agents and about relationships that American officials have had with China. Um, so all of this is is going to be out and it is going, as you say, to be explosive here as well. So this will change Um it certainly will change China and could very well change us. And it's going to lead to a very different relationship because one thing that could happen, Frank, is that um, if Radcliffe is correct, um, it would mean that um, the officials um, that he mentions could very well no longer be of use to China because the information is out in the public, which means um, that they'd have to take a harder line on China in order to protect their positions in the U.S., so um, this would be good news, of course, and it could very well change the course of um, even our posture towards China and certainly China's posture toward us. Well, it can't come too soon if it is true that those kinds of course corrections take place. Let me just give you a couple of examples, Gordon, that I'd like to get your thoughts on. Um, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor of the President over the weekend, was uh, sort of talking down this whole idea that there was going to be any real pressure brought to bear on uh, China with respect to the Wuhan virus. Uh, the concern is that if we don't press hard, um, we may persist, just unless uh, this fellow Dong is actually in our hands, um, in uncertainty about the full nature and ultimate objectives of the Chinese Communist Party with respect to uh, this Wuhan virus. Um, give us your sense as to the advisability of easing up as the uh, Biden administration seems to be, uh, perhaps for the reasons John Ratcliffe has mentioned. But for example, um, we've been told that there was a 200-page report about all of this that has uh, now been uh, produced by the Biden administration, and it does not mention at all the question of uh, the 
origins of this disease and the pandemic that flowed from it. What what do we make of all of that? Well, first of all, we know that this must flow from the top because Biden did have that two-hour phone call with Xi Jinping in February. And Biden's own admission is he didn't raise the issue of the coronavirus. You know, Biden um, does not want to talk about this because that would cause a rupture in the relationship with Beijing. And Biden believes he needs China's help on at least two projects. One of them, of course, is climate change. The other is the uh, nuclear um, discussions with Iran, which are now ongoing. So um, because he needs help on the nuke talks uh, at this moment and climate change in general, um, he does not want to um, severely disrupt the relationship with China. When Jake Sullivan talked on the news shows yesterday, um, he, he was basically saying, look, we need the help of our allies and we are trying to bring them on board. Theoretically, that sounds nice, but what that means in practice is accepting lowest common denominator solutions. And we know that that process with regard to China and with other regimes doesn't work. And also what uh, um, Sullivan was talking about in effect meant delay. And every time we delay, more Americans die. Remember on May 26, Biden talked about, uh, he ordered the intelligence agencies to come back in 90 days. Really what he should be doing is declassifying the intelligence. And now with these revelations about Dong Zhengwei, there's gonna be more pressure on him to do that. And indeed the report that comes back on August 24th is going to have to take into account um, the information that Dong has presumably given to the Defense Intelligence Agency. Be tracking this very closely, as I know will you, Gordon, and we look forward to further updates on it. Let me let me ask you about another story that is also in the news that uh, is very worrying: the further crackdown in Hong Kong by Xi Jinping's regime, and specifically the arrest and well the seizure of a lot of equipment and disruption of uh, Apple Daily, the most popular uh, paper in Hong Kong and and a pro-democracy paper founded by Jimmy Lai, who was arrested and is now serving a long prison sentence for having been a voice for democracy, having stood up to the Chinese Communist Party. It seems several of his editors are now going to be um, thrown into the same prison system that uh, he's in. Uh, And yet the Biden administration is talking about having a summit with Xi Jinping. Um, these would seem to be uh, the kinds of events that uh, argue for well, what you've been calling for assiduously, Gordon, to your great credit, namely distancing ourselves from uh, China, uh, disengaging from it, and certainly an end to the enabling of the repression at home and the aggression abroad that increasingly characterizes uh, Xi Jinping's regime. Taking your last point first, Um, China is committing genocide and crimes against humanity, against Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other Turkic minorities, as well as the Tibetans. And uh, just to run through this, it's detained uh, at least more than a million in uh, facilities that meet the definition of concentration camps. We know that people are being brutalized in those camps. They're dying because China's building crematoria next to them. There is uh, institutionalization of slavery institutionalization of rape, uh, probably forced organ harvesting. We know children have been detained in facilities that look like prisons. Um, This is horrific. And so when um, Ned Price and Sullivan, Ned Price is a State Department spokesman and Sullivan talk about principled diplomacy, 
if you have any principles, you wouldn't have any diplomacy with a regime like this. Uh, with regard to Hong Kong, and, and this um, is increasingly important to us, um, on Thursday, more than 500 police officers invaded the offices of Apple Daily um, and Next Digital, the publisher of the newspaper, arrested the CEO of Next Digital, the editor-in-chief of Apple Daily, and staff at Apple Daily. Uh, what they're doing is uh, freezing bank accounts, which means that people uh, that the paper may not be able to publish too much longer. But the people of Hong Kong are resisting. They're they're lining up at newsstands to buy cop copies of Apple Daily to support the paper. What is missing is what you point out. That's the Biden administration. When Biden was running for president, he said he was going to be the human rights president. And in that vein, he was criticizing then President Trump. And he was saying that he was going to do something about it. Well, now's the time for him to do something about it because Apple Daily is in mortal danger. And Biden's silence is deafening. It is. As is the failure to take steps that would punish. I mean, it's not just that he's sort of sitting idly by. It's in effect, he's rewarding the Chinese Communist Party for this kind of behavior by well, not only the prospect of a summit with them, but um, also, you know, the the persistent refusal, it seems, to decouple the U.S. dollar from the Hong Kong dollar, which I'm told would have a very profound effect on China and its uh, access to, you know, the international capital markets and the like. Um, and of course, uh, you know, the continued... Um, I guess, uh, plan to go forward with the U.S. participation in the genocide games in communist China in uh, February of next year. And these are the sorts of things that uh, can only be seen as, as flashing green lights to a thug like Xi Jinping, I'm afraid. Gordon, let me switch gears a, a little bit if I can. Um, one of the things that we have been hearing about is Chinese efforts uh, to propagandize in our country um, on a on a well unprecedented scale, I think it's fair to say, and this is not just their formal media outlets, but um, their use of what sounds a lot like a kind of thousand talents plan, um, which they use to recruit scientists and you know others with technical skills and expertise that they were uh, interested in having help. The Chinese Communist Party, its People's Liberation Army, and of course, uh, its economy. This involves, however, recruiting large numbers of influencers in the West um, who would be paid a stipend to essentially help legitimate and disseminate Chinese propaganda. Um, what do we know about this operation and how does it fit into the larger sort of information warfare that is part and parcel of the unrestricted warfare? the Chinese pursue against us? Well, Beijing, more than any other regime, um, attempts to use political warfare against the United States. And we saw that last year in connection with the coronavirus, in connection with Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests. Um, what Beijing is doing um, from scattered reports is actually, um, as you say, um, trying to go to people who are influential in the United States and to actually recruit them. I don't know um, how accurate these reports are. I suspect that, though, this is the thing that Beijing tries to do, because we do have some very influential people in the U.S. who have been parroting um, Communist Party narratives. Um, so, for instance, Jeffrey Sachs um, has been basically 
issuing um, reports, statements, tweets, which are indistinguishable from that which from Beijing. So um, I don't know if, if uh, China is paying Jeffrey Sachs. They very well may not have to. Um, but the point is that they do identify Americans who um, will uh, propagate their narratives. And we're seeing this uh, on a more organized basis. So I believe that in general, these reports are, are accurate. Um, and this goes, this is a, a worldwide campaign. We're not Absolutely. the only no, uh, right. targets of this. Um, but clearly, um, we are seeing a level of uh, penetration, which is approximating that of Canada. I mean, Canada, by which the is way, a lot. you know, we, we think is, which is a lot, because we think of Canada as being our ally, being our uh, closest neighbor. Um, actually, the government of Justin Trudeau is, is much closer to Beijing than it is to Washington. It's a staggering statement, but I know it to be true, Gordon, and it's very profoundly worrying because of the security implications of such an arrangement. Let me turn to one uh, other topic that um, I know is um, looming, and that is the celebration of the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, it is hardly a moment for celebration, I think, for well, probably many Chinese, as well as uh, the rest of us, um, it seems as though the Chinese government is exceedingly concerned that something might be done um, that would um, mar, shall we say, what they intend to have be a uh, an exhibition of the power and the uh, authority of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, Gordon, what are we to make of this anniversary, um, and how should we, in what's left of the free world, uh, mark it? Well, um, for instance, July 1st is the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party of China. And there have been for months now um, a lot of propaganda pieces on this. Clearly, there's going to be uh, a culmination on the 1st. And with Every event in China of any significance, Beijing is extremely concerned about security. Uh, and we see this most graphically every year at the meeting of the National People's Congress, usually in early March. Um, but they're going to go full time on this. The, the other thing, though, in this and relates let me to just say the, the techniques that they're bringing to bear to enforce control, uh, the social credit score system and the surveillance state apparatus and just massive police uh, presence and uh, and screening of uh, of individuals seems to be taking place on on truly an unprecedented scale at the moment. Yeah, China is people call China authoritarian. Um, I think that that is an outdated label. Um, I don't believe China is totalitarian, but Xi Jinping is moving the country to totalitarianism. And I think that you can say that China is semi-totalitarian now. And you talk, we talk about the social credit systems, which are being um, knitted together into a nationwide one. The surveillance mechanisms, 626 million surveillance cameras, they claim. Um, the Great Firewall, the world's most sophisticated set of internet controls, um, and all of what they're doing. So um, China is moving very fast back to something that Mao Zedong would be familiar with. And this really relates to something we started out with, and that is the defection of Dong Jingwei. Um, the fact that he got out with his daughter, according to these reports, if they're true, means that uh, they're going to be and already have been locking down China even more. 
And it very well may not be related to the 100th anniversary celebration, but very well may be related to preventing other officials from leaving because there is concern. And you hear this among China watchers that they are trying to prevent officials from actually leaving the People's Republic. There's a tightened control on money flows. So this whole society is going towards lockdown. Yes, part of it is the 100th anniversary celebration, but I think it's a real concern that the regime might come apart. Gordon, one other of the projects that the Chinese Communist Party has been pursuing very aggressively, including through theft of technology and other techniques designed to essentially advance, if I could use the expression, a great leap forward, um, a space program for China. Um, in the past few days, um, the first Chinese astronauts have um, entered the space station that the Chinese have put together in recent months. Um, talk a little bit with us about the implications of what China is doing in space on the space station and more broadly, and what it will mean for our country, uh, our security, as well as our commercial interests, if they succeed? Well, China's space program is a military program. And there are two elements to the space station um, that are extre extreme concern to the United States. One of them is that it has a laser. They, the Chinese say they're using this laser to zap space junk that would threaten the station. But it could also be used to zap satellites that are nearby, which basically are ours. So our assets in low Earth orbit are um, at risk. Also, there is some talk that this space station will have a net and that will be used to grabbing uh, satellites for repair. Well, it could also be used to um, knock satellites out of orbit or to actually capture, capture our satellites. So um, as the Chinese space station grows, I think it has two modules now that have been joined together. But as they put additional modules on um, and get more capabilities, um, we've got to be concerned that um, we could be blinded in space because of, among other things, um, this space station. And as you say, this is only part of a much more comprehensive program involving colonizing the moon and dominating uh, key uh, locations in space from which uh, power can be projected. Uh, there's talk of lasers as well as um, various um, missile capabilities. Uh, and Gordon, I guess the point you've made is is really the right one, that we're talking about an inherently military project. Um, it will have profound implications for our national security, but also, I believe, for our economic well-being, given the dependency of so much of our commercial enterprises on space and our free use thereof. So this is, uh, again, another area where the th true threat of the Chinese Communist Party needs to be very carefully calibrated. And Gordon, let me ask you lastly, um, we had in our own country um, a very important statement made uh, in a couple of different forums by a woman by the name of Jivan Fleet, who uh, was a survivor as a child of you spoke of Mao Zedong, one of his most horrific crimes against humanity, namely the Cultural Revolution. And she warned that what we're seeing happening in our own country, specifically the use of sort of race um, uh, 
conflict or, or uh, proselytizing, race, racist training, if you will, as, as really right out of the playbook of um, you know, the class warfare, class struggle, um, cultural revolution techniques of Mao. Um, very quickly, we've only got a minute and a half left, but what are your thoughts about the danger that some of these practices are now beginning to manifest themselves in our own country? Yeah, there have been a number of people from um, North Korea and China who have commented recently that the woke uh, wokeness um, does look like either the North Korean campaigns. There was a story about uh, Columbia University being worse than North Korea and uh, Van Fleet's comments. What China um, did during the Cultural Revolution and before and after really was class-based. What we're hearing now is race-based, but uh, as been pointed out, the techniques are the same. Um, and so, um, yes, this is the Cultural Revolution is coming to the United States. Um, and we've got to do everything possible immediately um, to stop this because um, that tore apart China. The People's Republic almost fell apart during the Cultural Revolution, which was a decade-long campaign. And although we tend to think of the United States as being stable and secure, um, all societies are fragile. So, yes. We're watching uh, that at the moment. I'm not sure I agree with your characterization of China as not quite totalitarian yet or that the culture, cultural revolution is coming to America. I fear that um, both are more or less accomplished facts, and we've got to be alive to them. You're absolutely right about that, for sure. Thank you for your time today, my friend, and your insights on so many of these really important issues. We're delighted to have a chance to visit with you at length about them. Thank you for doing so. We'll come back to us, you, I hope, next week. I hope the rest of you, though, will join us again tomorrow, same time, same station. Until then, this is Frank Gaffney. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney. Night after night, in cities across the country, black-garbed assailants clash with police in the streets, smash windows, and throw Molotov cocktails in an effort to destroy police stations, federal courthouses, and local businesses, all in the name of anti-fascism. Most Americans are now, sadly, all too aware of the movement known as Antifa. But where did they come from? What do they want? And how do we stop their campaign of violent mayhem? The Center for Security Policy Press is proud to present Unmasking Antifa, Five Perspectives on a Growing Threat. This new book looks at the history, ideology, organization, finances, and strategy of Antifa and provides an in-depth analysis for law enforcement officers, policymakers, and the general public. From street fighting tactics of the Black Bloc to fundraising by prominent left-wing foundations, Unmasking Antifa is the go-to guide to understand this elusive and dangerous threat. Get your copy of Unmasking Antifa, Five Perspectives on a Growing Threat at Amazon.com. History was made on today's date. Stay tuned for an American Minute with Bill Federer. The U.S. Constitution went into effect this day, June 21st, 1788, when the ninth state ratified it. Of those who wrote the Constitution, 29 were Episcopalian, 9 Presbyterian, 7 Congregationalists, 2 Lutheran, 2 Dutch Reformed, 2 Methodist, 2 Roman Catholic, 1 Quaker, and 1 Open Deist, Dr. Benjamin Franklin, who stated... We have been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. I believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. This has been an American Minute with Bill Federer. For a free transcript, call American Minute at 1-888-USA-WORD.
This is Frank Gaffney with a word about a truly great American patriot in urgent need. Rich Higgins served in the U.S. Army and as a key civilian Pentagon official and senior strategist on President Trump's National Security Council. After he left the NSC, Rich continued advising Mr. Trump and others about the threats we are facing from enemies, foreign and domestic. He chronicled his experiences over the past 20 years fighting for America First in a terrific memoir entitled The Memo. Now this courageous freedom fighter is gravely ill due to severe complications caused by the Chinese Communist Party virus. He urgently needs help to defray the enormous costs of successive surgeries and a prospective organ transplant. I urge you to join me in contributing to a GoFundMe campaign named Medical Help for Rich Higgins. That's Medical Help for Rich Higgins at GoFundMe.com. God bless you and Rich Higgins. This is Fred Flights, president of the Center for Security Policy, and I'm here to announce an important new center book, Defending Against Biothreats, what we can learn from the coronavirus pandemic to enhance U.S. defenses against pandemics and biological weapons. The center assembled 11 outstanding experts to do this book, including China expert Gordon Chang and former Soviet biological weapons scientist Ken Alabeck. This book looks at U.S. biodefenses, why they desperately need to be improved, and what America's enemies learned from this pandemic to stage future bioattacks against our country. Defending Against Biothreats is available right now from Amazon.com. You also can read about the book and watch the Center's new Biosecurity Webinar Series on the Center's website, 